Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Welcome to the Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today is a sophomore from McKenzie High School, Devin Lawson McCourt. Devin, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you, Patty, for having me. So this is really cool. You have been working tirelessly on campaigns. I know it's kind of the off season for all of that stuff. And you've been doing some media uh, reach, outreach, uh, trying to get the word out that you are pushing an initiative to lower the voting age to 16. And I wanted to have you on. Actually, you reached out to me and you said, hey, could you, would you like to help me elevate the voice on this? And I was absolutely on board. So uh, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk today, like I said, about uh, trying to push to lower the voting age for 16. I got to be honest, I don't know exactly how I feel about this. So this isn't an endorsement by any means, but I was really interested on to have you on to talk to you because I'm impressed with what you're doing, especially like, like I had said before, you're a sophomore in high school, so you're very young, but I've seen you uh, get very involved in the last couple of years. I was uh, made aware of you because you were working on the Michelle Emmons campaign for, was it state representative? Do you remember the yes, one? Yeah, House and District 12. That was an unsuccessful run, but I think both of you probably learned just a tremendous amount. So we're going to talk Absolutely. about that in a little bit. Uh, but uh, let, let's get started kind of getting to know who you are. So what got you so motivated to get involved in, involved in civics? Well, um, it was fifth grade. Uh, Donald Trump had been a president for a while now. And at that time, I politically identified as a Republican. And, you know, and if you ask my friends, they'll tell you that I was absolutely obsessed with Donald Trump. But, you know, after, you know, seeing all the crazy things he did, and then another friend approached me and like showed me like, hey, this is what's going on. Like, you really want to like a guy who's doing all this? I was like, no. And so then I like, politically moved towards the Democrats. And, you know, when it first started out, I was like a moderate Democrat. I was like kind of sparse, um, but I wanted to get politically involved to change my community. So I volunteered on the Peter DeFazio campaign. And I think that was either fifth or sixth grade that I was volunteering on this campaign. And, you know, because I was like, in a, a sixth grader or whatever, I had nothing else to do. So I had the ability to just like make all these phone calls sitting at my desk and I was able to make more phone calls than anyone else on the campaign. So next year when he ran for re-election, actually uh, this May of October, May of 2021, uh, I was reached out and asked to be an intern and I gladly took that. Uh, but after he dropped out and uh, Doyle Canning hopped in the race, I got involved with her campaign and I've been 
really involved civically and politically and i've more moved towards like more progressive democratic socialism and uh, i've gotten to know lots of candidates i've worked on now 27 campaigns and i've actually gotten to work on 23 successful campaigns wow, and so nice. i've really got to like meet communities and like come together on all these sort of issues yeah and the criticism that i've gotten about you behind the scenes is that you work too hard <laughs> so that's I've heard that from people and that's a good thing. So Ugh. so uh congratulations on on just jumping right in. First of all, I'm well, impressed with what you've done and it's really cool to see. I want to talk a little bit before we get into the to the initiative about what you had just talked about. I was unaware of this. I didn't know that you were a Trumper at one point. Yeah. And it's interesting to me to have conversations with people on both sides. People are constantly uh ebbing and flowing in the political landscape of like where they fall, you know? And mm -hmm. I would kind of consider myself in a lot of ways to be somewhat moderate or even conservative on certain things. I don't know if I could in a short time explain why, maybe on a later date. But I want to hear from you about that. Like, what was it that was your core value that kind of made you early on in, in your taste in politics kind of made you feel like you might be a Republican? Uh, well, I'm from Oklahoma and I grew up in a conservative household. And so, you know, that's just kind of like the community I grew up in. So it's like automatically like, oh, you know, this is what they're doing. You know, I kind of agree with what's going on here. I didn't really know anything about the Democrats. Um, I didn't really want to do the research either. So I just kind of like went along with that. Um, and, you know, what really motivated me like to get out of the Republican Party, it was like a strong sense of motivation to stand up for people. It's like growing up, my mom always told me to stand up for yourself. And so I've done that and I've stood up for others as well. And, you know, to see all these like things happening, like under the Trump administration, it was like, yeah, this isn't cool. And so, you know, then I moved. Yeah. My hope would be that we would have two functioning parties and that yeah, you yes. could feel like, you know, cause I, I have some crossover with even libertarians, you know, and I'm sure you do as well. But the reality too, yeah. is, it's like when it comes down to it, it's about civil rights and it's about protecting people's individual rights. And I think we need a functioning two parties and we do not have that right now. We have some adults on the left and, and there's a, there's two or three decent Republicans and two of them just stepped down. So, or one of them lost, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so let's talk about the initiative and then we'll come back around and we'll talk a little bit more about core values and what you've learned okay. over these last few years. So like I said before, you've been p pushing local legislators to lower the voting age to 16. How has this been received by, you know, our local 541 representatives? Oh boy, uh, really difficult actually. Um, I've sent a letter to just about every representative um, who was elected. Um, I haven't sent a letter to the representative elects yet, but I'm going to get there. Um, I mean, obviously a good, you know, show of like how 541 community supports it is like i had to reach outside of my district just to get this bill proposed like my legislatures didn't want to do it and i know that charlie conrad who's the new state representative of house district 12 isn't going to want to do it and so you know thankfully representative nose agreed to propose that constitutional amendment yeah tell me about them where they're located where what area kind of read a little bit about it in some of your media outreach but tell me about that um about rob nose or yes, rob nose he's totally okay, yeah. on board i know that uh he was a young idealist himself is kind of the what he was talking about in the interviews that you you know he's been asked about this and what is you know how did that dynamic start how did you reach out to him and what and what was that response like well i mean at first i was kind of like 
scared you know like sure. first of all state le- state legislatures are like um asked not to answer people from outside of the district and you know i was glad that he did answer my request and you know as a young kid who's growing up in a rural community like I, I, i've kind of seen him as a mentor in the political field i mean he's He's a gay Democrat, and he's in the state house, and he's been there for a while, and he's done some great things, which I and a lot of the things I agree with. And so to like get his response, it was really inspiring. Yeah. And his area is like in the Portland area, and so you know, there I would say that I guess the the topic there isn't a little isn't as controversial as other areas, but you know, it's still going to be a controversial topic for sure. So the initiative is to lower, it's pretty simple to lower the voting age to 16. Uh, you know, is how does this legislatively take place? I mean, it's not something that's going to be on the ballot, right? This would be done in the state legislature. Is that correct? No, actually. Okay. So first it'll move through the state legislature um, it's in legislative council right now. Once the legislative session starts on January 9th, after Governor Tina Kotek is inaugurated, um, they'll, the bills will come in and things will be assigned numbers. And eventually, Speaker Rayfield will assign the bill a number and to a committee. I'm not sure if he'll form a new committee or he'll um, assign it to a committee that's already, you know, in the state house. Um, but. From there, it'll move on, and if it passes the House, the Senate, and gets the governor's signature, um, it'll need the Oregon Secretary of State signature, and then the Secretary of State will need to file it, and it'll then become a ballot measure because it's a constitutional amendment. So and, it would be voted on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow, this is a huge undertaking. It's pretty cool. I mean, you've got, like you said, you were, you had, you got nothing but time, right? You're a kid. You don't have a, exactly. you know, you're not working exactly. at the time being. I'm sure. Maybe soon. Probably soon. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's awesome that you're trying to tackle it. If nothing else, the benefit of what's going to come from this is that you're going to learn the process. And that's exactly. what, you know, so that's incredible. Uh, you know, let's talk about the negative feedback. I know that there's got to be, have been some, I mean, there, and you can drop some names. I know you might not, I know you pretty well from just watching from afar that you're not really worried about ruffling feather, feathers. So, no. so <laughs> what is some of the neg- negative feedback been? Well, I mean, a lot of it is like the initial gut reaction that, oh, you know, 16-year-olds aren't smart enough, they're not civically engaged, and their brains aren't fully matured. And I'd say all three of those are incorrect. <laughs> like, for instance, um, I mean, sure, your brain isn't fully matured until you're 21, but like the part of your brain that relies on voting relies on cold cognition, and that's something 16- and 17-year-olds have developed, and they have used that in they use that in classes and they use that when they're at the job field you know all sorts of things on top of that oregon has a pretty well-rounded civic education and you know students like me are learning about government so you know why not be part of the process while learning about it yeah i know so my stepsons went to mckenzie high school and so i have Mm. a, a connection to mckenzie high school and it's a tiny little it's a charter school is that correct yeah. Yeah. And, and yet I do. I'm impressed with them. I think that they have a lot of knowledge about this kind of stuff. I think they're brash, just like typical young people like I was at that age, mm-hmm. too. And they have kind of a burn it down attitude sometimes. But that being said, I hear that from adults. I don't know how that's different from a 16 year old or a 30 year old that's just pissed off at the world. It's it's kind of that's going to happen in society. Right. So. Exactly. But my my thoughts on that is, is that they are definitely educated enough to do it. I know that they know the process. One of my kids is actually studying history and he's he's no not fun to debate with. Uh, you know, the benefits. I, w- I looked into some different things, uh, you know, 
And studies have shown that 16-year-olds have the necessary civic understanding and the cognitive ability to vote responsibly. And I do <clears> think <throat> that it could improve the interest in civics uh, for young people because if you're not you know, able to vote until 18, that might be the beginning of when you're even thinking about it. I know exactly. Austria, I read Austria has already lowered the voting age to 16, and it did greatly show that it raised a lot of civic in, you know, interest and engagement. So that's huge. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, a lot of countries have lowered the voting age to 16, uh, including two cities in America. Yeah. Yeah. What's, do you know which ones offhand? Um, one of them is in Maryland and that's all I can remember. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, you've been doing the circ you've been doing the rounds trying to do media interviews I don't know if you've been on the podcast yet or from your first podcast, but, uh, I know you were on the news, uh, you know, and you've been learning a tremendous amount. I'm sure what has been your biggest obstacle in getting this in initiative off the ground? trying to get people to talk about it. You know, the only way, I mean, this type of legislation has been proposed in the Oregon legislature before, and each time it's died in committee. And, you know, I'm not working with an organization. I'm solely doing this myself, unlike other people. So I'm not tied to like specific rules on what I can and cannot do. And so my goal is to make sure this stays in the media and people are talking about it. Because if that happens, people are going to be writing to the legislatures about whether they support it or not. And that determines whether or not it stays in committee or it moves out of committee and gets voted on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that when I was in school and I was 15, 16 years old, I just felt unheard. I felt unseen. I felt like there was no point in me even using my voice because no one would listen to it. And I would imagine, like you had said, in a rural community, even though McKinsey is its own breed. I mean, that, that area is, is interesting because I had a friend tell me yeah. that, that that's, he said that they're dreadnecks. That's hippies with guns. But, exactly. but uh, he's like, you know, it's cool when you go to the sporting events up there. For me, when I went up there, you would see people rocking camo next to a dude rocking hemp, you know, and they were buddies mm -hmm. and it was really cool. And so people would have all kinds of, you know, different belief systems. But at the school, it was all just out the door like that. People are like, we leave that at home. And that's good to see. Yeah. And the push for this, you're not talking about making 16 year old Democrats vote. You're no. talking about making 16 year old Americans vote, regardless of their belief exactly. system. And I think that it's going to be really difficult. Like you had said, uh, this isn't going to benefit one party or the other. It might benefit the right in a lot of ways, especially in rural communities, because people are going to go with what their family says. <clears throat> but that's kind of the same as how it goes for everybody, because it's our job to influence, you know, people to actually think about our per, you know persuasive argument on the candidates or the issue right so you've ran you've ran campaigns you know that sometimes when you explain it to someone they're like wait a minute i didn't understand that that's what was being talked <laughs> about that's the whole thing it's getting the word out you know so uh i mean what is what do your uh fellow classmates think about this push have they had kind of much response to it um i mean no not really uh i mean my class is probably the most politically engaged class in the high school and I mean, some of them support it, some of them don't. And I see, I totally see why. Um, I mean, I'm really the only one who's been out there and working through it. I mean, when it comes to my school, it's really the teachers that are like supporting this initiative, um, you know, and I'm really happy for that. And even my history teacher, she doesn't support it, but she's been you know, happily helping me push this along. And she's even helped me look over the legislative council papers to make sure that, you know, there wasn't any language from the bill missing. 
Wow. That's cool. And like I said before, I mean, what you're learning is amazing. And um, this is, this is definitely a step. You will pass some kind of legislation in your lifetime. I think that's a given. So, yeah. and I think that you're dedicated to that. So that's, this is a good place to start. Uh, what was the response from the news? Did they kind of take it serious or were they kind of like, look at this goofiness? You know, I don't really know. I was yeah. actually happy that they agreed to it. I mean, whether they want to talk about it neg negatively or not, like, you know, I'm still out there talking about it. I think they're it. just proud of you. I think that they're just proud. You know, the way, <laughs> I, I haven't seen the clip. You posted the link and I tried to click on it and it was a live stream and then it didn't, you had to catch yeah. it and it was right on. So, uh, so now what are some of the core issues that you and your peers champion? You talked about your, your class, your specific year that you're in being, you know, super interested in civics and in politics. What are some of the core issues that your peers champion? Um, well, one of the biggest ones is definitely environmental justice. Um, you know, we're going to be inheriting a world where the environment is just a steaming pile of horseshit. And, you know, the adults in the room don't seem to be doing much about it. I mean, Oregon likes to pride itself on being the most environmentally friendly state. But I think there's much, much more that Oregon can do about it that we haven't done or our politicians refuse to do. Yeah. Um, it's, it sucks so, when it's politicized because you have people thinking that it's like my dad who, and I, I hate that I'm going to throw him under the bus, but there was a point during the Tea Party movement in 2009 where he basically, he's super conservative and I love him and I, I cherish his views. You know, I mean, even though I feel like he's brainwashed, but he was saying that, that recycling is like green. He, he, he literally told me one time, he said, you know, that green is the new red, like it's communism. And I'm like, recycling is communism. It's insane where we've gotten, but there, you know, I think there's a lot of people in the middle that don't speak a lot because they're busy going to work and that kind of stuff that actually do vote mm -hmm. that do want to want to see change. The issues are massive corporations. And that's the same with the, the, uh, you know, in Oregon, uh, the timber industry is very powerful, you know, and so it's it's going to be absolutely it's going to be difficult and and whatnot. So, um, would you say that you share consistent views with the majority of kids in your peer group, or are you kind of like fighting for the little guy? Oh, absolutely not. I'm fighting for the little guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you know, like I grew up. I'm a survivor of domestic abuse. I've you know I've lived in apartments. I've lived off of like just a little food you know i sometimes we could afford clothes but we'd have to go to like a, a secondhand store to buy them you know i've kind of seen what it's like to struggle you know i'd say i'm a little more well off than others and especially in oregon but you know I've, I've gotten to see what it's like for other people to live in especially because of the campaign work i've gone i mean i've walked around you know the tents in Eugene and I've gotten to talk with the homeless people to tell me what, you know, their life is like. And, you know, I think that's really important. So, and when it comes to my political views, I'd say I'm probably like the most left out of anyone in my class. Like, you know, most people in our community are conservative, but they have like, you know, we do agree on some things. And I, and I really love that. You know, I don't think it's all about like, you know, breaking up and siding on this and that it's all about unity and yeah. we need to come together. Well, there's, I think there's two, there's, everyone talks about division in this country and <laughs> I've been looking at it like this. There's two sides. There's, there's a belief system in just unparalleled individualism and nobody can get in my way. 
right, is one way of thinking. And then there's this <laughs> other idea where it's about collectivism. And we need to make sure that we do it as, as much as we can to create equity for people. That's why I'm a progressive. That's why I'm a liberal, you know, on the left. I have a lot of things on the left that I'm, I scoff at or roll my eyes about because it's not necessarily about me. And that's the <laughs> point. It's a big tent. It's a big umbrella. But I, we have to find ways to level the playing field. And unfortunately, it's the same thing. It's all money. I mean, it, it, and we know that. Everybody knows that. Absolutely. You know, that it's all, you know, like we were watching last night, watching what was happening with the speaker and just the circus that's happening in the house. And the house is the most representative of our country because it really gets people from each corner that win elections with like 2000 votes sometimes. Exactly. You know, so it's super small and it's, I mean, you can, you may be a state representative or a, a congressperson, congressman in like 10 years, you know, you know, it's like very, it's not that out of the realm of possibility. If you really run with this, mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't know. We were talking about it and, and my stepson was watching and just talking about how disgusted he is at the whole process and not just the process just how unrepresented they that he feels and i know that that's how young people Absolutely. feel and that's and that's why they're frustrated i did hear an argument that someone made about the january 6th today is january 6th so mm-hmm. two was it two years ago now or was it last it was two years yeah ago. two years and i did hear somebody say that that there's a shared frustration that we need to find to explain to each other, even if we disagree, because I'm not condoning what happened there. I've called it out numerous times. I'm not down with the violence and all that kind of stuff. And even sometimes destruction of property, actually most times mm-hmm. I'm not down with, but, but I can see that those people feel like they were not, they were lapped. It was the last chance and that they were, exactly. they were done with. And yeah, some of them, they were brainwashed and duped into doing that. But a lot of those people there have been made to believe that the Democrats are the devil. And so, I mean, it's just, we have to lower the temperature. We have to try to listen to each other. And so, I don't know. I don't have a lot of hope right now. And I don't think very many people do. And I know young people don't. And I think that the goal Mm -hmm. is to keep people from having any hope because then they won't get involved. And so I think what you're doing is really good. Uh, Yeah, you said that you just kind of cold called people, cold called the news that you've reached out. I know you emailed me, but I'm just some dude. But like, you know, some of the, the, the state representatives that you've reached out to, I did here john uh lively was not on board <laughs> yeah he's not on board not on board not and, on board you know and that's totally understandable oh, no. i know a lot of people from his uh district who are not on board so i mean even if he personally supports the inside i know that he wouldn't vote sometimes no. he wouldn't issue. vote yes on it sometimes i've found i've found that and i want to ask you something after this but sometimes i've found that it's about priorities, right? Like there's, it's mm-hmm. like, this is something that would take so much of, of, uh, someone's attention that they're like, you know, I, I actually like it and you got a lot of heart kid, you know, you know, but they're like, but I got to do these things. And you know, there's only so much time mm-hmm. between campaigning. It seems like campaigning exactly. is nonstop that they have time to work on things. Uh, now one of the things that I've noticed in the short time that I've been friends with you on social media is that it's, I've watched you kind of evolve from being a little bit more of an activist attitude to more uh, like uh, willing to make concessions. At least, I don't know if it's intentional or if you can acknowledge it, if you, if no, you can see definitely. it. What is it that's, that you've learned from doing this type of work that has kind of changed your, your look on actually getting stuff done? I know that it, this, is a, this is a tall task, but just in general, because I know that you actually do have optimism that you can make change. So what is it that gives you that hope? Oregonians <laughs> working on political campaigns. I've gotten to like meet so many people from all sorts of backgrounds and I've gotten to know their story and what makes them who they are. And, you know, 
I can, I feel for them. And, you know, seeing homeless people, I mean, I will literally cry when I see homeless people on the street who can't do anything about it. I mean, especially when it's not like a drug problem, like the right likes to say it is, you know, and it's a problem. I'm hoping that eventually I can do something about it and my generation will do something about it. I mean, yeah. Maxwell Frost is the first Gen Z member of Congress ever elected. Yeah. And, you know, he's not able to do anything right now because the, the House is playing games. Which is dangerous. Like, is, I heard someone exactly. talking about this and it's true. It's actually dangerous for our country because, I mean, we're always seconds away from going to war and Congress isn't mm-hmm. even there to vote on anything. And so, I mean, it's insanity what's happening right now. It and, is. And, and we're watching the, the circus unfold, but I don't know. I mean, and I, I think that the, the MAGA, MAGA hat crowd is, is obviously losing steam and young mm-hmm. people uh, by the numbers are not on board with that. They see through it a little bit differently because the pomp and exactly. circumstance, HD television and social media has changed the way that we see the world. We're like, look at that makeup line and all that kind of stuff. You guys have seen the world way different than we have. I was raised in a time that we, you know, were basically taught this kind of patriotism that was just like uh, American exceptionalism. And some of it's still, I still believe. And some of it I, I know is not true, like Christopher Columbus, mm-hmm. you know, you know, so. Uh, so now I was, I read something in the Oregon Capitol Chronicle. Uh, inter- com- they wrote a, a little excerpt about you. And, and I wanted to bring it up to our last question. So uh, in 1971, the 26th Amendment lowered the voting age from 21 to 18. This is federally. And mm-hmm. one year earlier, a senior at Lewis and Clark College in Portland led an unsuccessful effort to pass an initiative to lower the voting age in Oregon to 19. That student, Earl Blumhauer, went on to represent the Portland area in Congress now for more than 25 years. So then my next question is, what is the future for Devin Lawson? <laughs> Well, after I complete my secondary education, I do plan on holding office. Um, I'm going to start locally, obviously, with state representative, and I hope to represent Oregon throughout the years and maybe even make it federally. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen what you can do on Twitter. You're pretty active on there and you've, you know, you've got a little bit of a following going and, Mm -hmm. and young people understand social media a lot, but social media, it's been interesting what it's done to muddy the waters of politics, but also give kind of access to more people that have ever had that have never had access so it's kind of it's just it's just an emerging changing world right i mean that's kind of how it is it's constantly evolving so well devin lawson mccourt thank you so much i mean it's so cool i'm i'm you know it's cool to finally meet you we've talked quite a bit behind the scenes anytime you have any podcast that you want to uh spotlight you got people in the community you want to spotlight send them my way uh i'm always going to be down to help uh, yeah, this is going to be a tall undertaking. There's no two ways about it. I think you know that. Absolutely. You know, my show, that's what it's all about. If you look at the track record of the candidates that I've had, it's it's a lot of, you know, smaller represented candidates and, and mm-hmm. it's really difficult to get your name out there. So, uh, I mean, I do the little bit that I can. And I, my goal is, is that there's going to be like, you know, 25 or 30 of me in my town doing the same thing and we can make that make 50 people and then we make it 100 so hopefully you've inspired some people in your class to actually get involved because i think that what they can see is like you're actually getting stuff done you're actually getting the ear of the representatives and so that's a huge accomplishment and so absolutely you should be proud of that so yeah sophomore student at mckinsey high school devin lawson mccourt devin thank you so much thank you Now we're going to end this with a song. I chose this because it's the new year. So this is me, Patty Rose, with the song Begin Again. I feel it in my soul.
Face the facts, I can't relax. The anxiety attack. Face the facts, I can't relax. The monkey. 